First year I did a million, because that was when I started. Second year we did like 10 or 11. And wow. Next year was 15, it was nuts. I don't know if you remember when ManyChat came out. Yeah. Right when it came out, I started like running my ads to Messenger because I'm so freaking tired of these webinars. Like I was doing all these webinars and none of them would work. We just started messaging everyone. I did at first and that, I mean, we took over. Welcome to the Ravi Abuvala Show, where we show you how you can build a business that produces cash without you, so you can live the life you deserve. All right, so Tanner, what is one of the best decisions you've made in your business that has helped eliminate all other decisions? Oh, man, best, best decision I made, I think honestly it was implementing follow-up systems like I got I was trying to make everything go to a webinar funnel and it wasn't working and we just went all in on follow-ups and I mean that's responsible probably for 95 percent of the revenue I've ever made and like follow-ups is in like immediately after they sign up for the webinar follow-ups is in like you know like messaging honestly months. I mean we called it conversion conversations that was like our thing I don't know if you remember when many chat came out yeah I hate but, many chat yeah bro there. but right when it came out I started like running my ads to Messenger because I was so freaking tired of these webinars. Like I was doing all these webinars and none of them would work. We just started messaging everyone. I did at first. And that, I mean, we took over, especially before people caught on with it. So I think in the first two years, I mean, we must have done, I did first year I did a million because I was like when I started. Second year we did like 10 or 11. And wow. Next year was 15. It was nuts. Damn. From the Messenger conversations. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're just sending them from. So are they even watching the webinar or? Who no, it's probably not. <laughs> just that was a thing because I got so sick and tired of like, oh, do this in your video, do that, do that. I'm paying coaches, I'm paying for ads. I was tired of it. What was you the know? difference in your ROAS that you saw from like when you went from? Uh, oh, like one to like eight. Wow. But now, this, granted, it goes down as you go higher. Sure. But I was going from like five grand a month making five grand, and then I spend five grand, and it would go up to like 40. Wow. Just by following up with people. And you know what? Fu what's funny is a mutual friend of ours, I got pissed at him because I just paid for the program, and he was kind of like, yeah, dude, just like either stop crying or like get a refund. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I go and message all these people just because I'm pissed because I don't know what else to do. And I made like eight sales. I was like, oh, this works. All right. I was like, all right, like I'll just do this. And that's all I did after that. And, uh, I and I, I did I so I, I actually knew Messenger or uh, what's it, what are the something conversations what's yeah the, uh, conversion conversion conversations conversion conversations yeah. yeah so I've heard yeah. of it before I've obviously seen your ads as well yeah and uh, I dude I love I'm excited for this conversation because we've recently got in the low ticket world like a year ago and it's been wild dude yeah. what we were doing before low ticket and then what we're doing now with low ticket it's just I love buyers so much yeah. more and I think it it is more complex for sure yeah. but. Um, and everyone's like, you know, there's the Sam Ovens methodology, which he's a goat, so all due respect to him. But it's yeah. like, keep things simple, keep things simple. But I think at some point, in order to evolve the business, you have to do more complex shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, if you're willing to do at the complex stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. At yeah. a certain point, if you're willing to do the complex stuff and those other people are not willing to do the complex stuff, if it's obviously the right complex stuff, I think it can actually end up being the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, low ticket is better. I think obviously it depends like what offers are going to work with it. I think it has to be really broad. The more narrow the offer, the harder it is. But buyers by far and away are much better leads. And when about. did you like start getting into low ticket? Because I honestly, you're one of the first people I personally saw in the low ticket realm. So like, yeah. how did you switch from the, because you said you were doing the webinar. So was the webinar to a call or was the webinar to purchase a low no, ticket? No, so thing? it was ad, messenger, VSL with a, with a button to book a call. That was it. 
I mean, that's all I ever did. I just made it super simpl uh, simplistic. And then what happened was high ticket was crushing, especially during COVID, absolutely slaughtering. It was unreal. Like, I couldn't even know. We were having massive months, massive. And then right after COVID, things started to dip a little bit. And it seemed like fate, I think it was like 2020, like December. I don't know. I, I can remember, but it felt like ads just weren't working as well. And then we started low ticket. And ironically, in the last like two years, we went 100% high ticket, and then we went to 100% low ticket, um, and then we went. Now we're back 100% high ticket. And it's kind of weird, but I think it. I think going to your point, like m my offers were a little more narrow, and it seemed to kind of hurt. Or if it's like coaching or consulting, I think it's harder than if it's like a job placement or maybe Amazon FBA. It, that's what I've seen at least. That's and when, when you say 100% high ticket, 100% low yeah. ticket, are you saying the front end of the funnel, you're, you're doing 100% low ticket? Or you mean your whole business was 100% yeah, low so ticket? Yeah, so it was, no, so the front end, yeah. the front end. So we went, we were 100% high ticket and then we went, and we pretty much have a fitness side and, a, and like a general business owner sure. side is what I call it. So we never have done low ticket for fitness professionals because it just never seems to work. There's not enough of them. And that's kind of my take on low ticket. We did have a little success with kind of like the coaches, consultants, um, but it never, it still kind of was like, eh, because we had to do all this extra work, like, you know, the calls, the follow-ups. Yep. And so um, we did that for a while and it was more profitable. And then recently we started testing high ticket again and that became more profitable. So we've done both. We have everything ready to go at the push of a button. But I agree with you. If you can do low ticket and you can even just break even, not even break even, you could just get 50% liquidation. I mean, much better buyers. Yeah. I mean, much and better I, lead quality. So I think like, that as well, like, it's so funny. I wish... I think even as you try to scale, you're like, oh, let me just solve this one thing and I'll just use this one funnel, this one ad, this one thing for the rest yeah. of my fucking career. Yeah. And you nailed it right there. It's literally just like, all right, let's try the v like at one point you could have a VSL funnel and a low ticket funnel, yeah. both running at the exact same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have buyers, you have free people coming in. Yeah. So I think that I don't know. It's just I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I feel like the the dream of the simplicity thing. It's like it definitely. I think a lot of the stuff we are doing is simple, but I think that you're kind of guessing yourself if at above like a million dollars a month or around like eight to ten million dollars a year, you're thinking that you're just doing like one thing. Yeah. I, well, I think I mean the more simplistic the better, obviously, because as a business grows, it sure. gets more complex by nature because more clients, you're gonna have more complaints, you get like whatever that is. So I think simpler is better but to your point i think once you stall out if you want that same business to grow you have to i mean you have to do something right so it's either you change something inside the business or you bolt on another business and so I mean, to your point, I agree with that, yeah. People that are watching this right now, they don't know a little bit of like your backstory. Obviously, what you've done is pretty incredible. I recently just got to start networking with you a little bit ago, but yeah. I know you were doing the personal training thing, and then you obviously started your own business. And yeah. I know now you have actually both, like you said, you serve personal trainers and you serve yeah. people trying to start their own business. So yeah. why don't you walk us through just very quickly a high-level story of like how you got to the point of like an eight-figure business owner. Yeah, so the high-level story, uh, it started very low to start. So I, <laughs> from about, I mean, growing up, I was made fun of a lot. I was kind of a weird kid. And were you always like a big boy when you were growing up? Too? No, I was skinny. I was okay. super skinny. I was super skinny. That's what's funny. I was yeah. super skinny. And I had two older sisters. I was the oldest boy. And so, you know, I grew up in a pretty religious household. I was raised LDS or Mormon. And so my parents were very religious. My dad's kind of like the equivalent of a pastor, you could say. And so, you know, no cussing, go to church all the time, um, you know, didn't go out. My sisters like would play dress up with me. So I go into like eighth, you know, what, third grade. And, you know, I think all this stuff is cool. And everyone's like, nah, dude, like, you're weird. Uh, and so I remember in sixth grade, it kind of dawned on me finally. I didn't realize people were laughing at me. And then in sixth grade, I remember one day, I was like, man, like, 
people are laughing at me. And I just remember it like demoralized me. And so I went home and told my parents, I said, hey, I'm going to start going to the gym every day so I can beat these kids up. That's That was my mindset at 12 wow. years old. So I started doing it. And I think it was this was a very pivotal moment in my life. Like it's crazy because I was young, but I started going to the gym at five thirty in the morning. My sisters have Bible study at like six, so I train from like five thirty to eight, and my mom drops me off at school. In like three months, you know, I'm twelve, and it's super painful. And I'm like, man, it hurts this bad. How do people do it? Just because my body has not adapted used to it, at yeah. all. <laughs> and then people started complimenting me, and all of a sudden, I was like. Positive yeah, I was like, and then I started doing well at sports because I never really played sports till I was twelve. And the very next year, I became one of the best players on the team. I was like, oh shit! I was like, yo, this is cool. And so from that moment, I got very serious about sports. And from twelve to about twenty-two, I mean, my whole goal was to play in the NFL. So I I do that till twenty-two, and then I've had tons of injuries. I've had like ten or twelve surgeries, like multiple shoulders, my labrums, ankle, fingers, wrists, like stuff like that, and. I went to school and then about, you know, three months, I was like, man, this sucks. And I remember thinking I was going to be an engineer the rest of my life. And my mentor, he uh, convinced me to drop out. It was David Fry. And he's uh, married to Russell Brunson's cousin. Oh, wow. And so he's like, bro, what's your goal? And I was at lunch and I was miserable. I was like, I just want to make a lot of money. Because I grew up, you know, my dad was a teacher. We weren't in a bad, like, it wasn't bad. I, I never want to make it sound terrible. But my dad was a teacher. We had seven kids. And I did a ton of work as a kid. Like I would clean my friends, you know, houses or not houses, their yards or driveways. And they're like, why are you working? And I'm like, dude, my dad makes me like, we need the money, you know, <laughs> like, what am I going to say? So he convinced me to drop out. I had just gotten transferred into Texas A&M's um, engineering program. It's like number two in the country. Very hard. I remember uh, the engineering, the head of engineering, he actually like looked at my GPA like I was a scrub. He's like, oh, 3.9, like, you barely got in here. I'm like, all right, dude. Like 3.9, sorry. Taking like calculus and the math doesn't even have uh, numbers anymore. And I remember um, what kind of caused it is like I was going to have to redo some classes again because with football, I'd been transferring to a couple schools. And so I go in my car and I remember this. My mom is sitting there because they just told me I was going to have to do redo a year of school. And so at this point, I've done, you know, three and a half years of school and I've done same classes like three times because when you transfer the I just think it's a money game the colleges just are like oh yeah well this is history 101 this is history 101.5 I'm like e dude <laughs> and um I punched I punched my windshield and put a huge like hole through it and I didn't feel anything because I was so angry and that's when we had that lunch and I was like man I don't want to go to school for another like you know year and a half two years whatever redo stuff I've been doing this there's got to be a better way so I drop out uh my family was not very, like, I want to say against it. They didn't, weren't for it. They were like, uh, you're an idiot, you know, type of deal. My ex-girlfriend was not happy. She broke up with me partly because you were dropping out yeah, of college. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Her mom was, you know, yeah, like, that's stupid. You know, those types of comments. And um, I sit in his garage. It's in my hometown for about a year. And he teaches me everything about low-ticket funnels. That was what he knew. He came from, you know, like MLM and sent out cards. And he'd done low-ticket stuff in the past that did well. The and, how, and how did you meet him? Because I, I didn't hear, even hear So he, he's he's in the same church that oh, I grew wow. up in. And, that, and, and ironically, his deal was like, hey, if I show you this, you need to go to church. And to this day, I feel guilty because <laughs> he never went to church. I did not. <laughs> but it was such a good experience because I learned about opt-ins and funnels and all these these things that was foreign to me. I'm like, why the hell did I go to school? None of this stuff makes me money. This is 
better. And how old are you at this point? Oh, like 22, okay. like 22 and a half, like just started. And this was, a. I mean, I never thought about business my whole life. Sometimes I, I go back and look at sports and wish I hadn't wasted so much time on sports. Uh, I did learn a lot of good things though. So he, uh, I work in his office for about a year. I build out a whole low ticket product, try to sell it, et cetera. And in my head, I don't have money. So I'm like, well, that's why I can't sell. If I had funds, I could run ads and da, da, da. And he didn't really know about high ticket. He never done it. And that's what was crazy. And so I moved to Utah. I'm 23 now. Well, can I, I want to interrupt you because yeah, I want, go ahead. You're good. What yeah. is the, uh, what was the low ticket you were trying to sell? It's called the rapid muscle system. Oh, okay. And that was terrible because no one <laughs> wants to build muscle, I realized, besides me. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't care, man. I just want to lose weight. So it was that. And then, you know, I just didn't know how to market it. I thought the way to sell it was put a link in your bio and send someone a link in a DM. That's literally how I thought people got rich. And how much was, how much was the thing? Like was it like bucks. OTOs 47, and stuff like that? No, okay. no, no, like 47 bucks. I mean, I, I think I did have OTOs and, and downsells, but you know, no, I wasn't getting any traffic. And what was he, what was he, what kind of stuff was he selling? Yeah. So he came from a sent out cards background. He's also done, he's also done some other, uh, uh, like low ticket businesses. I don't know too much about it just because like, I didn't ask him a bunch, but he was like number two in send out cards, which is a massive like MLM company, um, where they basically, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever gotten them, but I've we use those in our business where you can send out cards with different like gifts and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. So he came from that background was really good at it. He's also done some other internet marketing type things. Um, but you know, he's like an OG. And and it's funny when you go to ClickFunnels, Russell will call on him like five times. And I'm and I'm like, people are like, you know David Fry? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, he's like famous, man. <laughs> so and he's like, Yeah, I'm famous in, in ClickFunnels. So um, yeah, so I go to Utah because at this point I'm 23. I'm still in my parents' hometown. My ex-girlfriend lives across the street. Oh, I mean, check geez. this out. So every day I see her and then she's bringing new dudes over there. I'm like, dude, <laughs> kill me. Like, this is terrible. So I go to Utah and because I have family up there and I start working at Olive Garden and I'm trying to build my business. But I don't know what to do. I have no clue. I didn't even know coaching existed. I didn't know there were mentors, none of it. So another year goes by. Now I'm 24 and I'm convinced at this point, if I just had money, I'd be successful, which, you know, is not it's true. Ironic, but that's what I thought. And they convinced me to do summer sales because they have a bunch of security companies up there. So like Alder and Vivint, um, they're big up in Utah. So, and on top of that, you know, there's a lot of LDS um, missionaries who come back. And so they go right into that. So they go door, door, door knocking, um, you know, the word. Yeah. And then they come back and they're doing security. I, I got a, just a quick side note. I literally was just <laughs> yeah. in London and I took a few of my team members to look at the, have you ever seen the play, yeah. The Book of Mormon? Uh, yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah, was, yeah, anyway, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, my, my dad is not he a fan. Like my dad is not a fan. <laughs> we'll just say that, yeah. And so... <laughs> Uh, I start doing door to door and they're promising me, oh, 100, 150 G's. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I go out and I destroy and I'm like one of the top three reps. I'm like, okay, I made 50 G's in six months. Now, which is better than what I was doing. Sure. Um, but it was hard. And that was that was the hardest thing to this day. That was harder than building an eight-figure company. That wow. it was it was brutal. Because, like literally like six AM to like eight. Well, man, you're 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 out like picture being out in Miami at twelve and knocking till eight and oh. people are pissed. Hey, like they are not happy <laughs> yeah. when you knock on their door and you're selling them stuff. They're like, bro, like I don't if I want a freaking alarm, I'll call ADT for fifty bucks. I'm like, no man, I got the best alarm. Like, mine's better. <laughs> and you know, so it was it was like close to slave labor. It's all commissioned six days a week. Plus, they don't talk about driving the area. So, oh, yeah, it's only six hours a day. Yeah, after four hours of driving oh, wow. there and back. Because you got to go to these kind of small podunk towns where, you know, there's a little more crime. Not as many people. You're like, hey, man, you know, Freddy Krueger could come down the street and, you know, take <laughs> you out. So, 
I'm doing that and seven months, I'm doing it for seven months and I learn a lot of skills, but I'm, you know, I'm 24 and a half now, like getting close to 25 and I don't know what it was, but people had always told me I had time. And I just remember thinking, dude, I'm running out of time. I'm getting like, in my head, I was just like, 25 is so much older than 24. And it just felt like I didn't have my life together. I didn't feel comfortable taking girls out. I felt embarrassed. Like my car was a piece of crap. And people were like, what do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, my business. I'm making no money. So it just fell off. And I see an ad on Facebook, you know, and it's like how to build an online fitness business. And I don't even think I noticed ads before. I didn't even really get on social media because I was on it for a little bit when I was modeling. But as soon as I stopped modeling, I was like, eh, this is stupid. And I never got on it again. And I just wasn't big on it. So I see this ad, I click on it, I buy a 5K program, never heard about high ticket. I was, I mean, I was shitting my pants, for lack of a better word. I, I was terrified. I was sweating. I had 2K in my bank account. And so I paid three on a credit card, gave him what I had left. And again, the program, and ironically, I didn't even go through the portal. I just got in there, and I'm, I want to make money. And I go, guys, like, just break it down for me in simple terms. Like, how does this work? And they're like, can you message people, get them on a call, and then sell it for $1,500 plus? And I'm like, there's no way someone's going to buy that. They're like, yeah, dude. I'm like, all right, fine. That's all I needed. And I just been sales for seven months, the hardest shit of my life. So I was like, this will be easy. So I message, um, you know, a few people, and I make four sales in a week. I make 10 Gs. And I'm like, wow. that's three times what I made in a month. And I remember at that moment, I was like, I'm a freaking Lord. Like, <laughs> I just felt so cool. And I quit my door-to-door uh, -door job. I drive all the way back to my parents' house. I'm like, hey, I figured it out. Like, let me come stay at the house. I'll pay you guys like a little bit of rent, but I want to use all the money to go into my business. And my parents, they didn't care. As long as like I'm not just, you know, doing drugs or laying on the couch. They're like, dude, we don't care. As long as you're grinding, we don't care. So I go home and the room was like probably this big. No one can see it in here. But it was, I mean, it's like small room. It wasn't huge. And I just lived in that thing for the next year. And I did over a million dollars and I was working 16, 18 hours a day. I was neglecting my health. It was not good. Like one hour of a gym every, let me two times a week, if that. Whoa. So it was like sleep, work, sleep, work. My dad would make jokes. Uh, I haven't seen you in about a week. And I would just like back up to the room. <laughs> and I was just so afraid of like going back or stopping to work. And, uh, to kind of wrap up and, and get to the end, I was messaging and I was making money, but it was I was tired. Like I was doing $35,000, months, but it was all organic and I'm grinding. Like I'm just messaging and messaging and setting up calls. I'm doing everything, the fulfillment, all that stuff. And then I get to a point, I'm like, okay, I, if I don't figure out ads or an easier way to get clients, like I'm going to burn out. You know, this isn't sustainable. So I start paying coach after coach after coach. I'm talking 30 days. Like I'm not even waiting till the end of the program. I pay. I'm like duh, 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 as hard as I can. I'm like this doesn't work next. This doesn't work next. And I just remember doing that because not because I wanted to and it sucked cuz all this organic money I'm making, I'm paying to coaches and ads. It was it was pissing me off. And that's probably why I was so bitter because I just was like, man, why isn't this working? So after like 50 Gs in the toilet on coaches and 20,000 on ads, I get, I call uh, the last coach and I'm pissed. I'm just like, dude, like you told me this was different. This is like the fifth program. And and I was doing as hard as I could. And most people don't. So that's kind of where my head was like, are you really doing it right? Or or like, are you just, you know, soft? And that's what I was really battling with. And he just said that to me and he kind of challenged me. He's like, dude, like either stop crying or just get a refund. I don't even care. And it kind of like hurt my ego because I'm, I'm very, I don't want to say alpha is not the right word, but I just was like, yo, no, dude, like, F you. Like, I'm going to show you. And so I, I sit down after that call, and this is when ManyChat came out, you know, so like running as the messenger. 
And I had all these leads sitting there. And I was like hoping they click, you know, hit the button, buy. And I'm just like waiting. I'm like, when, when's a call going to book? And I'm like looking at my calendar. When's a call going to book? When's a call going to book? And then I just started going ham on messaging all those people. And it's so weird I didn't think to do that because that's how I made organic sales. But I started doing that. I make eight sales, do like, I don't know what it was. It was 24, 30 G, something like that in a weekend. And I was like, yo, I just figured out ads. And then I knew from that moment I was going to go absolutely bonkers. And then did a million in a year, did 10 million the next year, 15. And then just on and on, dude. So that's like the long version i guess no it wasn't dude that that's, I, I it's good because i didn't know a lot of the kind of build up there it's almost yeah. insane to me anytime i hear somebody that is in door to door sales that then figures out the online world they almost always crush it it's easy man it's door really to, compared to door to door sales door, it's like because easy. the the amount of objections you can get yeah. there's no pre-framing they can say i wasn't expecting you which is true they can say i don't need this they can say you came by earlier oh my wife's not like anything you can think of it's crazy you know on a phone call, if the, if you've qualified them, oh, it's too much. Oh, my wife. It, it, oh, it's on right time. There's not that many objections, so it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. But door to door is brutal. I mean, I had a gun pulled on me, I had a knife pulled oh on God. me. You hear gunshots, and when I I remember when I first got dropped off, my first day, I'm looking around. I go, I did not know people lived in houses like these. <laughs> like I was in the wrong neighborhood, right? And there, these cops are like, "Do you know where you are?" There's like, "There's been murders here," and I was like. That's why I'm here. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. You know, and that's so, probably why you're so but insecurity. it was crazy because it took it took about two months to get comfortable. But I got so immune to people saying no and just like, you know, whatever would happen that I would literally knock on doors and if someone would start yelling and stuff, I just like, God bless you. Next door. I, I just would not get phased. Um, so that was like one of the most beneficial times of my life. It was the hardest. But looking back, it was a blessing because everything after that was a joke. I remember making sales like in my underwear on my bed. I was like laughing. I was like, dude, I just made three G's in my underwear on my bed, like taking a phone call. So when, because this is actually something that I I know a lot of people kind of go through. So because yeah. you've made this transition now twice, but it is, you were doing the thing yourself. You were this fitness, uh, fitness coach. Guy, yeah. You were crushing it. You figured out the mini mm -hmm. chat, you're doing it. When and why did you transition to teaching other people to do it? Because a lot of people yeah. like are they have imposter syndrome or they're afraid to yeah. be labeled as this person and like so yeah, how did so you do that? That's such a great question. The irony is I hated business coaches. I'll talk mad shit. Like, <laughs> oh, that guy's a business coach? Yeah, he sucks. He didn't do anything besides that. <laughs> but what happened is I, I made that million dollars and I went to ClickFunnels, got my award, and that got me a little recognition. I I don't think there were a lot of guys in the fitness industry. The only other guy that was there was Hermosi, but he kind of does gyms, you know? And so I kind of felt like I was the first guy in the space. There probably was someone else, but it felt that way. And so all these people started messaging me. On top of that, I was in a program with other fitness coaches. So they see me every day. And it probably came off as bragging, but it, like they just didn't understand all the shit I'd gone through. So I'd make it so like, guys, another sale, another sale. You know, like I was that guy in the group. And I was like, dude, <laughs> shut the hell up. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> And I was so excited. And so, you know, people would start messaging me. And it got to the point I had like 10 people. It's like, guys, like, I don't do this. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, bro, I'll pay like 10K. I was like, 10K? You know, and then I'm making, you know, 2,000, 3,000 a fitness deal. And in my head, I'm like, this will be easier because, you know, I don't have to sit and kind of mentally babysit them. It's like, you do it or you don't. So once I got to that point, I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So, I started doing it in three months. I hit a million in that business. And I'm like, okay, so now I have two businesses, you know, thinking, oh, we'll do both. Got to the point where I was like, man, I need to shut this down because yeah. I got to put all my attention here. 
we did that. That thing absolutely took off. And then it got to another point where people started asking me, hey, dude, like I'm not in fitness, but can you help me? And in hindsight, I think like knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have just quickly done that. But because it had worked previous, I was like, oh, yeah, I pivoted and I made more money. That's when we started doing general business. Um, but knowing what I know now, I probably would have just stuck in it and like tried to grind it out or add in like, you know, cold email or cold outbound stuff we're doing right now, actually. Uh, but that's how it happened. So it it kind of just fell in my lap. When do you think I'm trading up the opportunity? And when do you think I need to stay focused on my thing right here? Like, why would you <laughs> say I kind of wish I would have stayed and said more focused on that? You know, I think going from like door to door knocking to personal train and then the fitness, like teaching it, I think the biggest way to kind of see that was just, you know, the amount of time and the amount of money. So going from, you know, door knocking $500 commission and working all day, I mean, that was obvious. Then I went to, you know, online, where it's a $3,000 deal, but now I can charge 10000 And, you know, people, there'll be someone who's going to say, oh, I could charge $10,000 fitness plan. But the reality is it's not as easy sure. as something that has financial upside. And so that was kind of the reason for that. Uh, the reason I say that once I opened up to general business was more because it's it's diverted focus. And the reality is like when I stopped and it stopped growing because, you know, ads hit a limit for every offer. You know, I don't care how much you're running. There's a limit where the ROI does not equal the upside. Like you're making more sales, but you're not making more profit. And so my first thought was like, oh, we just got to expand because that's what I did the, the last time. I was like, I just got to do another thing. But in hindsight... If like I knew what I knew now, I probably would have doubled down more on, you know, cold outbound or manual type things because not only it's been a nightmare. So the last six months we could talk about, but I've done cold outbound and it was, I mean, it was second under door door sales. It was <laughs> terrible. But the irony is it's so profitable if you can get it to work because essentially your cold outbound team is your ads. And so it is a ton of reps and it's a ton of work and it's a system, but that's probably what I would have done instead. And I think also, you know, I'm good friends with Alex and that's kind of how he built Gym Launch. You know, he talks about cold outbound and I remember him saying, yeah, we spent like 20, 30 Gs a month on ads. I'm like, well, I thought you're doing like, you know, three mil a month. And he's like, yeah, we are. And I'm like, you know how he does it? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm like, well, how? And he's like, yeah, cold outbound. We're doing like, you know, 50, 60, 70% and it's getting higher and higher and higher. So um, I think that's why I don't, you know, it's, it, it's going to be different probably for every offer. Obviously, other offers will scale higher that are more broad. And it's typically, I would say, people don't want a business because there's more of those people. But in hindsight, I, I think like simplicity is better like if you can do it that way. Because you know when you have more offers, like people's attention is diverted. And the CEO might be able to handle it, but it's hard for your team. That's it my is. personal experience. It, it, we, so we have two offers. And like, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, it, it's you you take the resources you have from one offer and then like all of a sudden you just literally create it and you think it's just a second offer but it's a second business you mean like a second team it's basically. literally a second business like there's yeah. almost nobody that can do both jobs well for both offers even the CEO yeah it's like and I, I, I even learned that lesson I'm just I, I, on some days and some weeks and some months and some quarters I'm just pretty much deciding which one do I want to grow more at this point yeah. because like you really that, can't do both. And that's what I started doing is at this point, our new offers or divisions, they have completely separate teams. So we kind of have this like overarching kind of like HR or like hiring kind of stuff that does for everyone. But then these divisions have their own leaders and their own managers because it just doesn't work long term, especially like if someone wants, you know, work-life balance. If you got a team member like, yeah, I want to do the eight hour a day thing. That's cool. But you're in four hours here. It's not going to work. Yeah. You can't do it. 
So I want to go, you touched on it in a second, and I think it's super valuable, um, the outbound side of things yeah. that you kind of set up. So which offer <laughs> is it for? Why did you think about doing it in the first place? Like, what, talk to me about what the process yeah. was, why you were doing, like, the grind for six months. How did you know there was something on the other side? Yeah, so I'm pretty, I mean, I, uh, I'm pretty good friends with Cole and Alex, mm -hmm. and I don't usually, I try not to mention their last names too much because, <laughs> like, I don't want to be like, dude, dude, dude. But um, they're the ones who kind of got me onto that, and specifically Alex, because when we stopped growing, I was like, well, dude, like, he's like, well, yeah, like, you, you can still grow. I'm like, well, dude, I mean, here's what's going on with that. Here's this, like, we're crushing in the space. We have a good, I think we have it dialed in as much as we can. He's like, well, have you done cold? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude, we do like 70% cold. So I hadn't even thought of it. And it's crazy. It's crazy how, like, it's not really being taught things. It's just being reminded yeah, or, like, or, like, even the idea. Because at the level we're at now, I don't feel like I need someone to show me. I can figure it out. I, I can figure it out. All I need to know is, like, oh, I need to do that, and I'll figure out the rest. So I started you know, like maybe January or February, like six-ish months ago. And it's it was a nightmare. So um and both then, offers or one no offer? just just fitness. Okay. Just fitness. And the reason the reason that's a lot easier is because you really don't want to get the dialers confused because if you're getting all these different people on the phone, the pain points are a little different. So you know if it's just fitness, it's like, all right guys, like these are people who want to do online training, period. So they're not having to like be as quite sophisticated because it's hard enough as is. Sure. Um or it's got to be an offer that works for everyone. Right. So you know if it, if we're helping fitness professionals, that only works for fitness professionals. If you're doing something like maybe hey, we'll train your sales team. As long as they're a service-based business, you're good to go, right? It's going to be like, hey, like, you need a sales team. Here's the pain points, blah, blah, blah. So um, at that point, I was talking a lot to Alex and Cole, and they were giving me feedback. And Alex kind of did it this way. Cole did it this way. And it's, it's both been helpful. But what I started, the biggest thing that most people don't know and I didn't know is it's the, it's the lead quality 100%. So it's the list. So you can have the best script and all that. It does not matter. So what we started doing is I was going into databases that have leads of personal trainers. So here, here was the problem. One, there's no way to verify like if these people are still trainers or how old the info is. That's the first problem. The second problem is it's pulling all personal trainers who are in person. So what would happen on the calls is we're getting on the calls and we're saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. We help with online training, da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, online, I hate online training. Online training sucks. I'm an in-person. I own a gym. So they're not problem aware. And it's very hard to take someone. It's almost like, you know, if you're religious, I'm not super religious, but you read the Bible. Everyone hates the prophets because they tell them to change. Everyone's like, I don't want to change. Like, stone you, you know, like they stone them. So that was kind of how it was. They're like, yeah, like that's stupid. I don't want to do that. I tried it. It was dumb. So finally what I realized, I go, okay, we need to find better leads because this isn't working out. So what we did instead, and I picked this up from Cole, is we started going into Facebook groups of online trainers. So that means they're problem aware and they're looking for help. We started getting the data that way. So we have VAs. And at first I was downloading lists. So don't download this. Like, you have to you have to manually go in and get the info. So we have VAs go in. Why not download the list? Because it's just not. You, there's no way to verify it. So some of these numbers are bad. Some of these people aren't trainers anymore. So what what was nice is when they went into social media, they can see if they're still selling it because yeah. they click on the social. Like, okay, this person is still in training. They look this way. And then what we do is we try to verify their contact info with uh, Seamless.ai or Cognizant. I like Seamless. I think Cognizant is super overpriced and it's not needed. So like Seamless is fine. And then we we get their emails, all that stuff. And then we put it in a dialer system, we start calling. And what happened as soon as we did that is the sales went way up because they're like, oh yeah, these people are already online trainers, like they want help. So they're problem aware. And that was massive 
like for me when that finally clicked. So you're doing outbound dials, not even outbound emails. We're doing both. Okay. We just started outbound emails though, so I don't have a lot of data on that yet. But the dials and I and from what I've heard, emails are easier. That's what yeah, I've I heard. would imagine. And they are take easier. less effort and less. Sure, overhead, it's automation. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, we started we started doing that, and uh, this last month, it may not sound like a lot. We don't have a huge team yet. We have three dialers. We have kind of one um, uh, SDR that does like a little presentation, and then we have a sales sales reps, right? So the sales rep take the calls, and we did six sales this month, and you know it's like a four and a half five x. Wow. And but and we haven't scaled yet, and it's still not dialed in. So at this point, now that I know the qualities there, then you go back to the execution. And so the numbers we're looking for, what I've seen, is at least on a three call close. If you can do a two call close, do it. It just can be super hard to go from hey, why are you calling me to like hey. Let's put you on a sales call yeah. for sixteen thousand dollars. So what we do is we're looking for about um, if you do you know a thousand dials, you're looking for about ten percent pickups. So maybe a hundred pickups. Out of those hundred pickups, you want about 10, 10 to like what we get is about ten to fourteen percent set, which is like what what is good for us. And then you want about seventy ish percent to show to the second call, and then seventy ish percent to show to the third call. So you will have drop off, but if it's at that seventy percent, you're probably good. Um, and what do you cover on? What are you guys doing on the second call? Yeah, I second, actually heard Hormozzi talk about like this exact same framework in one of his. Well, podcasts. yeah, and this is so. This is the one I followed. This is the one I followed, and then Kale, who's actually the CEO of Gym Launch. Yeah, now, I, I kinda, know Kale. Yeah, he's the man. He kind of he kind of shared with me the stuff they updated. Um, Alex did like a YouTube on it way back, but I think like some of the stuff is updated. And um, Cole doesn't do that. Cole's like, nah, they're, they're called stupid. But I think Cole has kind of that, you know, um, placement offer, right? So it's a little bit more straightforward. It's like done for you almost Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit more straightforward. So what we do on that call is we just really try to help. And and the biggest issue we see with trainers is obviously like with most people is like leads. Like, And typically they don't know how to get leads in, I would say, more sophisticated way. So nine times out of 10, they've never heard of like IG shout out. It's like foreign to them. So we'll like cover that and some other skills. And they're like, yeah, like this sounds good. And we're like, cool. So, you know, at this point, we just want to give you some value. We also start, have started offering, sorry, I'm like, things are flowing to me as I'm no, talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, we start offering Starbucks gift cards to show up. So you can do like an ethical bribe. You can give a training, but what we found is when we are like, hey, we'll give you a $25 Starbucks gift card. You're like, really? And it seems super expensive, but if they show up and you get one sale, it pays for like a third of it, yeah. you know? So they, sh they show up and we're like, hey, cool. So we went through this presentation. So at this point, you kind of have three options. Like you obviously can do nothing, right? Two is you can go try to implement this. And that's kind of like what we're hopeful is like, this was valuable to do. Or three, if you want help, that's usually where people struggle, you know, like running ads and doing this and that sounds easy on paper, but there's a lot of steps in between. And so if you're interested, we can set up another call to see what it's like to work with us, but there's zero pressure. And we want it to be very laid back because if they're not that interested, they're not going to drop a ton of money with you. And at that point, then we book that third sales call and then the closers go in and do their work. And the feedback I've gotten from my closers recently is they're better quality looks than paid ads. Wow. I mean, but at that point they should be because of how much sure, you've worked on. Touch points, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's hard, but that's the other thing going back to what you said is like I don't know if it's necessarily complexity, it's just doing hard shit. Because yeah. no like the harder it is, the less people can do it, the less they're gonna go through. It took me six months to get up to six sales. Now, granted, this, the sales are sixteen thousand dollars. But it took me six months. Yeah. So I see the light in the tunnel, but it was, I mean, it's very difficult and it's very discouraging because you're spending, you know, tons and tons of payroll and you're not making any money. You know, I did a video two weeks ago. We spent like 120000 
and we made no money pretty much. Or like we would make like a little dinky sale here, dinky sale there. So that's kind of what started because we've just hit a part in this business. We've just hit a ceiling with how much ads can do. And so I was like, all right, well, we either do this or like we're not going to grow anymore. And so that's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah. And are you thinking, and that was awesome, man. I appreciate you yeah. sharing all that. Yeah. I think yeah. that that would be literally valuable to a lot of people. Yeah. So um, as far as, the why the other reason you're doing the outbound are you potentially thinking of an exit sometime in the near future? Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. So I'm stepping out in the next six months as the face. Um, I've just realized that you know at this point it's all about leverage, and and I just need leverage, and so it doesn't you know even if your business is massive, unless it's like I would say going to sell for nine figures, you just have to get out at some point because no matter how good you are, it just doesn't matter. And so the more I've looked at that, I'm going, okay, if I can either own more portfolio companies, maybe start a SaaS, I don't know. Alex Becker did that, you know, he's he's crazy on SaaS. He's talking <laughs> shit on info every day now. Is he? But, oh yeah. Well, 100%. he's crushing it on the SaaS He's side. crushing, he's gonna sell for nine figures. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's been helpful for me to like see Alex Becker, and then, you know, you've seen Hermosi, and you know, like, and they're like our age, which is even better, so I can see it like live. And, you know, Becker basically got out of info and did SaaS for more leverage, right? Has a bigger multiple, all those types of things. He's not the face. Hermosi started the portfolio type play, which has been cool for me to see, even though Jim Launch was huge because he needs he needs more to get to that billion dollar multiple. And so, you know, that's kind of what I've started doing at the bare minimums. Like, hey, if I can pull out, let's say I could get the business to two mil a month. This guy can only get it to a million, but I have five businesses instead of one. It doesn't matter. And it, it starts becoming this leverage game where you really have to start building teams and leaders and you just can't be as involved because the more involved you are, that, that's all you're doing all day. You're in the work. You just can't be in the work. So hopefully that makes sense. But that that's kind of like where my head is now is like, I got to get out of the businesses and I don't ever want to be the face of a business again. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, so I have an Asana task literally called built to sell. And it's like, there's two main things, which is like remove me from fulfillment and remove me from marketing and ads. And I'm pretty well removed from fulfillment yeah. on both of our offers yeah. right now, which is awesome. Well, and and then, you started like with the brand, which like in hindsight, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll use my face for everything. And now we're like literally trying to go back and replace it. And I should have just done that from the start. I, I honestly, the scaling and the, we trademark scaling with systems as well, which mm -hmm. has been beautiful. And like that also adds to the equity value and it just rolls off the tongue. And so, yeah, we've been, I actually uh, starting today, literally Jack uh, is creating a YouTube channel for scaling with systems. And now we're having four videos going out a month that my team's doing on YouTube. Mm, Cause that's also been nice. massive for us as YouTube. Yeah. Like we get, like forty percent of deals a month from YouTube. Uh, oh no way! Oh, dude, it's been insane wow. for us. Yeah, and uh, like thirty to forty percent. And so we're now. I'm like, all right. Well, now let's remove my face from it because a lot of my best videos are not even like the videos I really want to make, which is like some of the shit that we're talking about right here. It's more like here's how you use LinkedIn Sales Navigator and here's how you use cold email, which really anybody can do, unless yeah. we're talking about the sophistication that you and I just talked about yeah. for 99% of the people it's like here's yeah. this software and that's, what, that's what's frustrating with YouTube is it almost seems the more basic it is and the less I want to well, talk about exactly. it the better that's, it the, that's literally the problem is that like you it, I, I, Joe, Jack and I talk about it all the time it's not what I want to create it's literally YouTube has decided if you make a video on cold email we'll make you millions of dollars if you make a video on making millions of dollars or on your business nah fuck you we won't yeah. do anything yeah. like you just yeah. 200 views we could put all time energy and effort into that I could shoot a loom video on cold email 10,000 views I mean it's just like it's crazy so I, I think that um, I, and I think that like Hormozzi's done a good job because um, 
he's taken incredibly complex uh, like he's just ideas. At, bro, he's just good at speaking. Yeah. He's very. He's just a smart dude. He's simplified them he's literally so. And then even his titles and his thumbnails are like clickbaity, right? It's just like you know the one yeah. thing this hundred million CEO yeah, did. I ne- right? I've never seen anything like it. It's bro. it's it's awesome how he discovered. But to his credit, and to what I was just talking about a second ago. So I definitely want to exit because I, I want to create a portfolio of companies yeah. myself. And yeah. so like in order to do that, I want to do what Hermosi did and I need to exit one of them in order to be able so to take on a portfolio. That. Exactly. So we're looking at doing the same thing and I was like, all right, so I got to, because I think people sleep on like one of the things I think our industry sleeps on the most is SEO, um, like be yeah. organic SEO, right? Like literally ranking because we're not like a plumber in Miami where it's right. like find a plumber in Miami. Yeah. No one's typing it online like, coaches you know what i mean but i will tell you that youtube organic has been just because so we rank and search results for stuff like asana and zapier and uh tiktok ads and um like cold email that's good so we get a lot of just like you were talking about really high problem aware high intent people that are watching our youtube videos and the search results and that's been massive to add into the mix as well that's awesome man yeah and I'm, i'm i mean i'm trying to get on youtube i think even the next thing too that i've seen um with Alex, that's been interesting. Is like him, like him going from doing zero social. I mean, he was. I mean, he was super rich, and no one knew who he was. I mean, he had three followers, you know. And then he really took on the personal branding, and I think that's been cool to see um, because, like, recently I was even talking to my you know girlfriend yesterday. She's like, "Oh yeah, did you know Kylie Jenner has like a you know?" She said ten million. I'm like, "It's got to be way bigger than that." But she's like, "A ten million dollar tequila business." And then, you know, like I remember the other day, um, it probably was Mosey, like he posted about Conor McGregor and then someone posted about Dwayne Johnson. And then I saw um, Conor McGregor has like a whiskey business. And then I saw, yeah, George Clooney posted like a billion. And it was just crazy to see that because I'm going, my gosh, like I feel like I'm probably better at business than them. Yeah. But the but the fact that like they have so much brand power. They have attention. yeah, and so I think that's something else that's been interesting is like if you can really build a brand, like some something that people respect, like Gary Vee did that post. He did like 60 million dollars on an nft i was like and it started to finally click where i was like when you can finally make enough money to where you don't need money and then you can really, really? try to go all in on brand and i was like gary v never like posts any links or sells anything it's stupid and i finally understood because when he does ask for something everyone just loves him so much that they'll do whatever he wants yeah it's like, like, like it's a long-term brand yeah, yeah and so like and again so it's it's been cool it's been cool for me because like i guess specifically like, like alex becker i'm definitely not like best friends with him i'm acquaintances with him we've spoken a couple times but it's been cool to see that and then also like mosey because like i am better friends with alex and that's just been cool for me to see, like literally see him before, see him when he started, see what he's doing now, and you know he'll he'll easily be a billionaire. It's not even a question at this point. So I don't even uh, I don't tell the story that often, but it's pretty funny. So um, like uh, 2019 or 2020 when COVID had just happened uh, a mutual friend of ours was like hey this guy Alex like he is looking to to, like uh, learn more about this thing and I know you're good at it like you mind if I connect you guys together and I was like I don't know who this guy is but like yeah Yeah, sure yeah some random Random. dude right so then I start looking him up online I'm like oh dude this dude's like a big deal you know what I mean and he's a big boy so he ends up um, (laughs) he ends up coming to my house and like we spent an entire day uh, at my place in San Diego and dude him and Layla I have the utmost respect for both yeah. those people like some of the most amazing people like and yeah. I just was like Layla's, Layla's on another level dude now. she was I was like secretly trying to talk to her like while we were eating lunch and I'm like trying to <laughs> Yo, pick her she brain knows, as much like, her operations I, I get understanding je- yeah I get jealous yeah. for that one reason because like 
you and me, we've had to do both essentially. Yeah. And Alex is like, yo, I'm going to yeah, do sales, sales and marketing. marketing. Like, Layla, you do everything else. And she's gotten so good at it. And she's, she's, got, she's got that... She's got like I don't know how to what the right word is, but almost that like aggressiveness that like it's very uncommon, and um, like especially I would I would say especially like it's I don't even put it like it's just not normal. It's not common, and so it's so cool to see that she's that like grind mode with him, and I, I mean I envy it in that sense because to have like a COO at that level who's that I mean and like they're, she's with you for life. You know what I mean? She's oh, a yeah, CEO, like she's COO all, for yeah. life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like Which if is, I didn't have to do like zero ops at all, yeah. I'm like, man, all I gotta do is up is shoot content. I feel like I'd be an influencer <laughs> at that point. Like, <laughs> so you know? uh, this is this is a perfect segue because so I got a, a lot of people on here, but um, at your level, I, I want to talk about something that literally is probably the question I get sure. the most in any of my higher level masterminds. You're in an amazing relationship, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've met her. She's amazing. Yeah. We've had dinner here before. Talk to me a little bit about um, how you think. And I actually remember we talked about you guys, how you guys met at my house or whatever, mm. which is an awesome story. But like, yeah. talk to me a little bit about how you see entrepreneurship and how you see like personal relationships, specifically with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, yeah. like how that has changed over time for you. Yeah, so... I think I think the first thing just to preface is like you know what you see is not always what is going on behind closed doors, and I've seen that a few times. Not to say not to say like I'm in a good relationship, but you know I've definitely seen some people like I'm like wow they're in a great relationship. Then you know I I hear this or that I'm like oh okay like maybe that's not what I want. But I think for me when I was like girls always were second. I even remember my first girlfriend I was like yeah you're you're second like you are second like football is first and then you and then. Like, are you cool with that or not? I remember saying that. And so when I, I didn't date pretty much from 22 to 26. I mean, I, like the most I would do is like, you can come over. That was it, you know? And it was funny when a girl's like, oh, well, why don't we go on a date? I was like, because a half hour there, half hour back, two, three hours with you. It's like, no, nah, I got, I'm in, I can, I'm in, I gotta make money. That was my, that was my mindset. And so it was funny. The way I met um, Hansika was, we were in a similar mastermind and she actually reached out and asked for help. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll help you, whatever. And then, you know, I started flirting with her and X, Y, and Z. And she was so genuine about everything she said that, like, I would try to meet her and then she would back out the last second and I'd be super mad, but she was just so genuine. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, I know, I know, but like this and that. And I was like, man, like this girl's really serious. Cause most girls, if they say, I'm like, yeah, whatever, like you're just making up some stuff. So in terms of like, I, I wasn't really planning on dating her, but I, I was getting pretty lonely because my whole life was work. And, you know, as I started making more money, you know, I, I got more clout. I started dating a lot more girls. You know, I'm kind of doing the bachelor stuff. And and I just remember feeling pretty empty. But um, what, what really happened is we finally met. Uh, she finally, like, her friends finally convinced her to meet. We go out to L.A., and, like, over three days, like, I, I just, like, do my thing, you know, do my thing. And uh, I get her to, uh, you know— like me, and I asked her out like a couple weeks later, and I hadn't had a girlfriend like four years, so I was kind of ready for it. And uh, it's definitely not been perfect. I think I think something that has come with maturity is like just being more honest about what I want. I think people will say like, you know, I want this and that, and then I almost think I would feel guilty if I didn't feel the same way, or like maybe um, I would have a struggle with like a certain thing. Um, but I think what's really like helped me with her is she just. She lets me work, which is like important to me. She also is ambitious. I, it's hard for me to date a girl who's not ambitious because I don't have anything to talk about. You know, well, yeah, like, well, how's business? And I'll tell them they have no idea what I'm saying. And then a lot of times what will happen is I kind of turn to a coaching session. And I'm like, 
you know, like this has gone from like here to like here in like five seconds because they're like, oh yeah. And like, so like what tips do you have for me? And I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be a date, <laughs> you know? So that's a free coaching session. So we, I just think we got along on those levels. And then she just has like a really caring heart. I don't know if it's like an international girl thing, but every time I've dated a girl who's like international outside the US, they just are like very like caring and they're very loyal. And loyalty is like super high on my list. But I, but I want someone who's like pushing me to be the best I can be and it like allows me to do that because that's just very important to me and I don't think it's ever going to stop. Um, I'm not like a nine to five guy and like, hey, yeah, it's the weekend. Like, let's hang out all the time. I just, I, I do that and I enjoy it when I work hard, but I'm just so growth driven. It's not what I get. It's just like the journey and it just, that's what gives me a lot of like good feelings. Um, when I'm like, I set a goal and I'm just driving to get to it. So I remember when we talked and uh, when you were over for dinner, yeah. you, you were also talking about how also like your shift, your mindset, ha obviously you grind, there's no doubt about that, but like yeah. your mindset has shifted a little bit more towards enjoying other things. Like, is that also playing towards like well, what Hansika's done with you or is this just your own realization? Yeah, or? I think Hansika's helped with that because Hansika, Hansika is ambitious, but she definitely wants... I don't want to say work-life balance is not the right word, but she she wants to make sure she enjoys her life. And she would always, like, kind of bring me down when I'm, like, going billionaire mode to the, like, 10th degree. And she's like, Tanner, no one cares. Like, no <laughs> one cares besides you. Like, no one cares. And she's like, you're going to end up alone and miserable if you don't spend time with people. Because sometimes I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, I, I just get so gold-driven. So she, she kind of helps reel me back a little bit in that sense. Um, well... Going back to your question, sorry. No, I was just saying that, like you, when we were sitting here, you were talking about how you have a little bit more. I won't even yeah, use work life balance, but it just was, that you so, are enjoying a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so more. it was that. And then I think the other thing is just, you know, maturity and seeing other people succeed in business. And you, you start seeing, okay, like they're killing it. They're doing better than me. They're not like killing themselves. I'm like, so it doesn't necessarily mean the more I work, the more I make. And that goes back to what I said earlier about leverage. It's like, I went, like, I saw Grant and just reinforced it. I go see Grant. It, I, I don't think Grant knows what's going on in half the businesses. Not in a bad way. I'm not talking bad about him. He just has a lot of stuff, but he's he's not leveraged into it. And he said something that I don't think a lot of people caught, but we were just asking him questions about the businesses. And he goes, look, when I partner with people, I'm like, you're in charge. And he's like, what's going to happen if you leave? And the guy's like, well, we, he's like, no, like, we're going to shut the business down because I want to run it. And, and it was like, it, it was this little moment, but it really stuck out to me because if you really want to get to the next level, you only have a couple options. It's like you invest something like Mark Zuckerberg, create next Facebook, like good luck. You do something in SaaS where it's just a super high multiple, right? And it's, you know, but there's a lot of like skeletons on the ground that no one talks about, or you kind of go like the private equity portfolio route. And that's kind of what I've seen a lot of guys in our space do. Not saying you have to go that route, but that has nothing to do with hard work. It really has to do with like you make the right alliances, you put on the right systems and people in place to help them, and then they have to do the work. Like you can't do the work for them. And so it's just been a mindset shift in that where like the way where we got, how we got to where we were was just grinding 16 hours a day. And then now getting to the next level, it's not about that anymore. And that just took me a long time to understand. Do you think years. that you still struggle a little bit with like not doing it for them or not jumping in? Is that something you oh, still do? Oh, dude, kind of 100%, especially my brothers. So, you know, I don't know how many people know, but two of my brothers, 
They started the business with me. That was a huge blessing because I did not train them worth a shit. Like they were like poor guys. Like they got thrown into the fire and I was like, God, like you're an idiot. Like you're <laughs> stupid. And then real later I was like, man, like I just didn't train him at all. He had no SOPs, <laughs> no KPIs. Like he's, and he's just patient, like taking a verbal beating every day. Uh, but yeah, now like, so Benson is going to take over elite CEOs. Gentry's running elite closers, which is a sales and placement company. And Oh, dude, yeah, like, I, I'll get moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I could go in and, like, make this go faster and, like, do it better, you know? But it just, it's, you have to stop because it won't help. It hinders them. It doesn't allow them to learn. And so it's, like, this long game where it's going to take them longer, but they become more valuable to you, and then you have to let other people win. And, and that took me a long time, too, where, like, I was so skimpy on margins. And then I started getting these other companies. And so I see all these other checks coming. I was like, Oh, like, okay, I could pay a little more here to this guy. Like, he's doing a good job. But I think when you have one business, um, at least for me, I get like, I'm like, no, dude, like, this is my baby. I built it. Like, you can't have any of it. And as I started building these other businesses, I was like, dude, I got to pay good people good money to keep them around or they're going to leave and I'm going to get right back into it. And every time I get pulled back in, growth stalls. Like, I can't because, you know, making an extra 200000 a month in one business, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm trying to get to big numbers. And so I will take $200,000 less if I can have three more companies that are doing similar revenues, you know? So hopefully that all makes sense. It's a, it's a lot, but it is, you know, and it's just so <laughs> funny, like to, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, I, I see yeah. this massive shift inside of people at a certain level in our industry. And it was like, used to be like, you're the face of it. You're a celebrity. And, and it was like, make as much money as possible off of Burns, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I don't know if it was for Mosey. I don't know if it was the pandemic. I don't know what it was, but just like more and more recently, myself included, it's always like, okay, I never really, I was just so fucking head down for the past three years. Like I didn't even, I couldn't even yeah. see what the next step was. Dude, 100%. But now that obviously you have like a nest egg and you're not like, if the business didn't make money next month, I would be okay. What is the next step. And I see people moving more towards portfolios, maybe an exit. And 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 the thing I gave Hormozy credit with was he was like almost Roger Bannister for the four minute mile. I'd never really seen anybody exit a coaching an info business. Yeah, business no, previously. I mean and it's funny because like Becker is always talking shit about info and and I agree with a lot of what he says. He's super, super smart. And he's gonna sell Hyros for, you know, probably I mean he's gonna sell at least nine figures. But he's always saying that I'm like, I mean the reality, though, is the reason people say that is because they're the face. They're doing everything. They're involved. If but you, if it's like any business, if you're not involved, it makes the business more valuable. If you don't have to run ads to get traffic, like you can do cold outbound, it makes more valuable. So it's the same concept. It's just you know he's obviously big on SaaS, but yeah, to your point, um, it's been it's been helpful. Like not to keep fanboying. Sometimes I get in these <laughs> podcasts. I'm like Alex, Alex. So I'm just like worried, <laughs> but like it's been helpful for me because. He actually reached out to me to talk like it was funny, like four years ago, five, I don't know. It was a while back. And I I was like, I'm not gonna talk to this guy. He just wants to sell me his supplements. I'm gonna be his affiliate, <laughs> which is so funny now, but that's what I thought at the time. So I ignored him for two years. And then we finally um we got put in a group chat on accident, not on accident, but like in a group chat, and he was in there and then he like reached out again. I was like, Oh man, I gotta talk to him now. This is gonna be like awkward if I don't. And we get on, we like shoot the shit. And this is before like he sells and does all these things. And so I started building like just a personal relationship with them. Um, and like, so to kind of like get in on that moment and then see him like do everything he's doing, it's been, it's been refreshing because it's kind of been those reminders of like, dude, like 
you can do cold outbound. Like, dude, you can exit. Like, you can do this. And and so he's he's been I I respect him from that standpoint because I actually think he's a lot better person than he is at business, which I think says a lot. A lot I don't think a lot of people know him as like a like on a personal level. Um, but it's it's been helpful for me because like I don't need like I don't I don't need the guy who like needs you to answer a million questions. It's just kind of like if I can see what someone's doing, it always gives me that confidence to Oh, well, I can do that. Like he's sure. like, well, why didn't I think of that? That was so stupid. Um, and like Billy Jean was actually kind of like I I've only talked to Billy a couple of times, but I remember how I got in the industry was kind of the same thing I've seen with Alex, where I saw an ad with Billy and I'm like, look at him, I'm like, I think his ad is like his mansion in San Diego or something. He's like, Yeah, like, so here's a doctor and here's a janitor, and like he's doing this on the whiteboard. And was I'm he on not, the roof of oh, the roof. Yeah, I've seen that, that ad. ad. I've seen that yeah, ad. and and I'm not my ads are sucking so bad. I'm looking at him like Dude, like, what is like, what? Why is why are my ads not working? And it it's never like I don't look at these guys ever in like, oh, he got lucky, X, Y, and Z, which most people do. It's just it's just kind of almost an admiration where it's like, dude, like I know if he can do it, like there's nothing he has that I don't have. And so that those like it was kind of funny. Like Billy was kind of when I was starring, and then I saw Alex recently, and um. You know, I don't. I, I try not to bother him too much with like those types of questions and stuff, and and because I want, I want to like keep a good friendship where it's like that's always the forefront, and it's not like, hey, bro, like, can I get some advice? But um, it's been cool to see, and like, I, I mean, you've been seeing it too, so it's like it kind of it's helped me kind of know where to go next because I I was kind of like you where I was at the top of my game, and I felt like. I mean, no one in the industry. I'm like, dude, like, I, I, there's no one in this industry, like, in coaching, that's like gonna do, that's doing more than me. Maybe you're doing more in this offer, but I kind of felt like I'd done as much as I could do. And so then when he started doing, you know, his pivot, it was just like, oh, dude, like, I've been, I should have done this like two years ago. I should ex, I should have stepped out two years ago. I, my first thought when I started doing this transition is, dude, I waited a year and a half too late. Like, wow. I should have been doing this a year and a half ago because I, I was wasting time because I, I just don't think I knew where to go next. Um. So, anyways, it's always a mouthful on podcasts with me, but dude, no, um, it's, dude, this it gets, is it gets me like it's what I like talking. I about. love it, dude. This is this has been <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate yeah. you sharing everything, dude. I, I've learned quite a bit on here, and like it's good to always get to know you a little bit better as yeah. well, and like get inside your brain. So, I appreciate 100%. you sharing all of it for everyone that's like listening. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have heard of you, but maybe there's some people on the sparse sides of the world that haven't heard of Tanner. But um, <laughs> if they do want to learn a little bit more about you, uh, maybe they're a fitness uh, professional or maybe they're like just love talking to you possibly yeah. what's the best place that people can I would find say it? YouTube I mean at this point I'm I'm really just gonna try to go all in on YouTube it's it's very pathetic at this moment I only got about <laughs> 11,000 subs but I I really want to go all in on my personal brand and that's part of the other reason I want to step out is like it gives me it gives me a lot of fulfillment so yeah if anyone wants to connect like let's start on YouTube and then you know if they want to message me and stuff but like I'm gonna really try to just go all in on that like starting very soon epic man i appreciate you yeah. thank you guys so Peace much out. for tuning in and i'll see you next episode who here knows grant cardone i was working with grant cardone's advertising team and so many people in the world have no idea who he is so like when they run ads they can't it's just his face won't do it so if grant cardone is not known a billionaire in just a few years no offense but you're probably not and i'm probably not and that's fine we just need to adjust our messaging